Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. release that same stuff over you so Steve thank you awesome oh sorry <laughs> well good day isn't it huh wow it's real I can't believe Christmas is just not far this has been like a blur and uh, I just want to give a little bit of report uh, some really cool things have been happening uh, back in May the tornadoes uh, tore up our community and just to let you know yesterday uh, we moved with St. Vincent's and Living City Project we moved 53 families, right? But but the, the stories that we've encountered, I've been in over 130 homes personally, just to be able to go in and talk to people. And we take teams in. Uh, yesterday, Barb went with us. Uh, she's from uh, up in this area. So I want to just show you. There's the faith, hope, and love, and there's faith. And the first work of faith, if you read the the in context, and it's always good to look at the context. The first work of faith is really believing. That's what Paul's talking about. It's the first work of faith. We can't have faith unless we've had the first step into faith is to believe. And what is believing? It's believing that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is considered the first work of faith. When we say yes to Jesus, when we believe in our hearts that Jesus is risen from the dead, that he's risen from the dead, that he, he's not a fairy tale, that he was a real person, he walked on this planet, he did signs, miracles, and wonders, he loved his father, he only did what he saw his father doing, he had a purpose was to go to the cross to die for us because we have sin. And if you go to another definition is we're very selfish and we missed the mark. And what Jesus did on the cross, he died for us so that we could have access to the Father by faith and believing that he's risen from the dead. And our confession is, as Nicole was saying today, Jesus, you are both Lord and Christ. And when we believe that, that is considered the first step of faith. That's just the initial uh, of moving into, into faith. And it's really... It's really a process. <clears throat> John 4.16 says this, We have come to know and have believed the love which the Father has for us. That's First John. So it's a coming to know. You know, the first time I heard about Jesus, when somebody told me about Jesus, and when I went to Catholic boarding school, you know, I got some glimpses of Jesus, but guess what? I was coming to know him, and I didn't know it. Because there was a God who was at work in me, to will and to work for his good pleasure, to bring me into faith by his spirit. I didn't choose this. He chose us. Just like he chose you. And if you look back in your life, you'll see the signposts where God was touching your door of your heart all through your life until you finally said, yes, Jesus, if you're here today. And if you're here today and you haven't made that choice, guess what? You're here because God has been chasing you. That's the truth. That's why, why you're here. But we have come to know. How many, how many people realize it takes some time to come to know? It takes time. And have believed what? The object of faith is the love which the Father has for us. It takes time, especially if you've had a bad day. 
I had a bad dad. I didn't have a good dad. I had a dad that kicked his, kicked his wife out of a moving car. That's the kind of dad I had. And so it took me a long time to, even till today, really, to believe the love that God has for me. And I remember a month ago, I was talking to Patty. Patty, I'm finally getting it. I'm believing the love that the Father has for me. I told her that a while back, didn't I? I said, I'm believing. I said, I'm excited about it. I actually feel something. (laughs) I was. I was very excited, just like I felt it yesterday, praying for people. But it was personal. He loved me. I was coming to know and, and then believe. Believe the love the Father has. It's so good. And so there's a video. Uh, can we play? Are we ready? I want you to see this video. This is a perfect depiction in a visual form of the love that the Father has for us. So if we can play that, that would be really super. Turn the lights down. That would be great, too. You. Look at your eyes. Look at them. Speckled. Colorful. Each one unique. And I created every one of them. I created everything. The universe. And you. I gave you your personality. I made you pure. Every day, I give you life. I love you. But something happened. You cheated on me. You didn't trust me. You sinned. You cut yourself off from me. And although you're still alive, slowly dying so you looked for other things to fill the void but nothing works it just kills you faster and it separates us more and more because 
here to condemn you. I came to bring you back to life. Rely on me. I will forgive you. Follow me. It's awesome, isn't it? Hope you really picked up on that. You can see that at lovedur.org. It's been in, translated in several different languages, and millions and millions of people around the world have seen it. So, anyway, that's that's the good depiction of what Jesus came uh, to do for us, and uh, that's. Uh, I just really appreciate Aaron letting me show that. I'd like to uh, encourage you, just want to give you a, a quote before we move on. There's, uh, you know, part of us believing, uh, sometimes there's doubting. Does anybody here ever struggle with doubt besides me? Like, you, maybe you doubt, maybe you believe. Do I really believe? You know, the questions that we have inside of our hearts. Is God really real? Is, am I really real? Am I a true Christian? All those kinds of things. And I've discovered in my life that what I have to do is I have to push, push into that, even though I'm... I'm doubting, uh, even seeing something like that, that Jesus really do that. Yes, he really did. He came to be sin for us, that we could have life. That we, he came for us to love us and to care for us. And his love for us is unending. And sometimes I have those, like my feelings are whacked all over the place. And I love what uh, F.S. Bosworth said in Christ the Healer. He says, don't doubt your faith. Doubt your doubts before they're unreliable. Amen. Don't doubt your faith. Uh, doubt your doubts, for they're unreliable. Well, number two was the labor of love is uh, where I, I began to realize that it was the love of God that was really giving me the power and the encouragement to go out and to love on people. And it's certainly true that God loves us. That's the, that's the Christmas of wonder. That's the wonder of Christmas, that God loves us in spite of who we know we are. Because he knows who we are anyway. But he loves us in spite and because of. Not just in spite. But he loves us because of who we are. He loves us because I am Steve. And that, that's Patty who laughs a lot. You know? I'm, I'm glad that we're connected. Because I don't laugh hardly at all. So she's really... Anyway. So, okay, look at the wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has what? Say it with me. Lavished upon us. I mean, that's a lot. Lavished is big stuff, man. Lavished is, you know, like that's the whole thing. I mean, that's what God does. Lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own. Guess what? Beloved children. That's amazing love. That's lavish love. I, I begin to think, what does lavish love look like? And I figured it out. It looks like this. That's what lavish love looks like. I mean, when I, when I think of lavish love and I'm pictorial, I'm thinking, yep, that's, that's me. That's what God does. He lavishes his love upon us. It's not a little bit, a little thimbleful. No, he gave his best for us. He gave Jesus. He gave his only son. That is the greatest act of love on the planet, ever has been and ever will be. That's great love that Jesus has lavished upon us. Uh, the key is our love for others is our grateful response to the love God has demonstrated to us. This is why we serve. This is what got me when I was serving. My, my serving at, at St. Vincent's, my serving wherever I am and wherever I go, I'm, I'm trying to get this in my heart. 
You know, have you ever tried to get stuff in your heart? It's like grabbing a hold of a hand of sand, you know, and the sand's dripping out of your hand, and you can't seem to grasp hold of it. But that's what I'm trying to grasp hold of, is to have the attitude of gratitude. That my response to other people is my attitude of gratitude. Guess what? God forgave me. He had mercy on me, just like he forgave you and had mercy on you. And so my response is to go out and to love and to demonstrate his love to others. I don't know what else we can do. What else can we do? And, and the way it happens is like this. This is how we demonstrate God's love. We receive this huge, lavish love that he pours on us. And then, as I told you at the first of what, what I was speaking today, guess what we get to do? We get to go, catch! <laughs> we get to have some fun. We get to pray with people moving furniture. We get to pray for healing. We get to see God move. We get to see signs, wonders, and miracles. We get to see all this. How? Because we've received his lavish love. Freely you've received, guess what? Freely give. And that's what labor of love looks like. And sometimes, folks, labor uh, looks a little bit different than just work. Beloved children, our love cannot be an abstract theory we only talk about. But could you read those last, those five words there? But a way of life. And that's what we want at Upper Room is it just becomes lifestyle. That every day we wake up, we say we're open for business, Jesus. We're open today for you to love you, to honor you, to give you more of our lives than we gave you yesterday. And we're open for business today, Jesus, to be able to talk and to encourage other people in our spheres of influence. That's it in a nutshell. It's just demonstrating through our loving deeds. And guess what? Good deeds don't save us. Good deeds reveal us. And here's the kicker verse that really got me. And we know that the truth lives in us because. How do you know the truth lives in you? I asked Patty. How do I know that the truth lives in me, Patty? She goes, because of your lifestyle, you idiot. No, she didn't say idiot. She said, because of your lifestyle. Look, look at your lifestyle. I see you every morning. You get up and you say, upper room worship. And then you sit in your chair and you read your Bible. Then you go out and you serve people. And then you come home and you serve me. You wash dishes and you mop, mop, not, yeah, mop the floor sometimes. Clean the toilet. You, do, you serve me. You're serving all the time. Steve, your good deeds are revealing you before the Father's presence. Because I wouldn't be doing this if I was self-seeking. Believe me. It's too tough. It's too tough. It's too tough to get up every day to see, to see families and homes that I wouldn't go in. They shouldn't be living there. That's too tough. When people ask me, they say, Steve, how, do you, how are you doing? I said, it's the best, worst job in the world. When I go and I see children and a father living on, on linoleum for a week before we got there with beds right next to a drug house, that's tough. That's tough. But you know what? It's the love of the Father. Demonstrating love and action will reassure our hearts before Him. And so when I sit before the Father, I, I sometimes just recount, okay, what do we do today? today? Father, what do we do? What do we do, Jesus? What do we do today? And guess what? We're able to demonstrate the love that God has poured into us because he first loved us and we can assure our hearts. You want some evidence? I guarantee you, go home tonight, ask your husband or your wife or your children, say, give me some evidence that I love Jesus. Or your friends. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, well, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this. 
I saw that. And part of that is God showing us that we truly are his kids in his presence. Okay, and this is what love looks like. I was looking for a picture. What does love look like? These hands are dirty hands. But you know that's what we're offering people. We're offering people, and what God has offered us is his love through two nail scarred hands. And what we're doing, we're receiving the love that he gives us. And guess what? We can give that love that God has given to us through the labor of love. And it is labor, labor of love, demonstration. Love looks like something, folks. Love does. Love looks like a church called Hope who gathered $20,000 and gave $20,000 away on Friday night. That's what love looks like. People didn't see behind the scenes, people cleaning floors, the Gateway Church, totally a mess because they don't have the money to put drywall in. We came in with, with lights that were, are, uh, what do they call it, construction lights. Their, their toilet overflowed that night. We're walking down the hall, stepping through toilet water to get to the, to the place because they don't have any money. You know, but guess what? God saw hope and the people saw hope because it was demonstrated through people who said, we don't care about what place the place looks like. We don't care. What we care about are the people. And so what we do is we extend love to people. We give them, well, how much do we give them? We give them $500 each, $500. That's love, folks. And that's a demonstration of God's love to us. Let's wrap this up real quick. Hope. Steadfastness of hope. Could you say that with me? Steadfastness of hope. Hope is why we're in still in the game here, folks. The Word of God says to set your hope completely on. What does that mean? It means completely on. Jesus' return. That's the hope that the Thessalonican church had was a hope, was a hope that they had to set their hearts completely upon. You can find that in Hebrews. The book of Hebrews talks about setting our hope firmly, have it fixed on the one who is the hope of glory. And the hope of glory, his name is Jesus. That's his name. That's who we set our hope upon. We have no other hope outside of him. I'm sorry. I don't have, I don't put my hope in Donald Trump. I don't put my hope in the guy that looks like him in Great Britain. I don't put my hope in any politician. I don't even care. I mean, I'm serious. I, 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 I know stuff's a mess, but guess what? The only person that people are going to be able to fix it is Jesus is going to fix it when he returns. I'm sorry. Until then, it's a mess. But we have a hope, and our hope we can give to others. Everything's falling apart. Why are you stable? Because I have a hope. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and he steadies the ship. It says, hope is the anchor in the veil. Do you know how ships, when, when there's a hurricane come, you know what they do? They turn the boat facing the hurricane. They throw out an anchor in the front, uh, another uh, sea anchor in the back. They batten down the hatches. They lengthen the cord on, on the uh, sea anchor in the front, and they ride it out because they're anchored in the midst of the storm, and that's what hope does for us. It's the same thing. There's an anchor in the veil. We have to set our face back to Jesus, back to who he is, back to who God has called us to be, to be people of hope that we can ride the storm out. And guess what? When we ride the storm out, people are going to say, how are you riding the storm out? Things are a mess, man. How are you riding the storm out? The way I'm riding the storm out is because I have a hope. It's not in this world. It's a different world, the world to come. Hope actually helps us in the midst of everything. Just what I said, in the midst of our failure, our fear, our stress, our demolition. I love that one for Aaron. I got that one, Aaron, right there. Demolition, hope in the middle of demolition because Aaron is a demolisher. He loves to chop down trees, beat up houses and fix them. But anyway, 
That's just between me and you. But anyway, so hope is the anchor. So here we go. We got back ending up faith, love, and hope. These are the three ways that we can maintain hope even at Christmas. Because have you noticed it's getting crazy out there? You know, I don't like going to Kohl's. I don't like going to any of these shops right now. I just, like, I'm out of here. You know, I don't want to get into it because it's crazy. But you know what? If we continue to follow Jesus, what's going to happen, and these three things can really help us, is that we have a work of faith. Get our faith working in Jesus. Secondly, have a labor, our labor recognized. We're laboring in love until Jesus returns and that we can have a steadfastness of hope. And it's a wonder, it's a wonder of his love, isn't it? It's all a wonder, a wonder of his love. Let's stand, get you guys out of here, and uh, pray for you. Be great. Ah. Yeah, just put your hands out. Let's just invite uh, the love of the, love of the Father to come. Okay, let's just do that. I'm really convinced that uh, in the midst of these three things, there'll be one of them you'll be, the Lord will be directing you to. Maybe, man, I really need to, like Steve, I really need to know your love. It may be, man, I'm needing, I need a work of faith. Or it could be, you know, I need steadfastness of hope. And so whichever one of those three, you know, they're there, I'm just going to ask the Lord to impart, okay? And then afterwards, after we pray, if you need some extra prayer, we invite uh, the prayer people to come on up to come up and pray. And uh, that would be really super if you need a little bit of extra help. If you've never given your heart to Jesus today, maybe today's today. Maybe today's today where you, you say, yeah, I've been trying to fulfill my life through so many other things. And, and maybe today's today for you. If that's you, I'd encourage you to come up and talk to me. I'd love to introduce you to, to him is the hopeful one. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank that you're a good, good Father. We thank you for the great worship set that we could have adoration toward you. We thank you, Father, that we can choose that when we come in here not to be silent. We can choose to say you're worthy of it all. We can say that in adoration that we can uh, give you our praise. And so, for Father, today those uh, people who need just that uh, work of faith in their life today that they can say, you know, I need to believe. That's my first work of faith. I pray, God, you depart that. And I pray, Father, for those who need a touch of your love today. I just ask you, Father, now to come. Holy Spirit, just impart love.